Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am a recovering, suspicious Mr. Davis, having been blown up at the end of yesterday's prediction show for Fastlane. Ooh, ah, oh, my arm does play up at the moment. Ooh, and I'm joined by my chief suspect. What? Lukewarm Lou Cohen. Hello, Smurf Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. Uh, I won't ask how the devil are you, because I do think that would just be a bit insensitive <sighs> at this time. I mean, do you want a response to Queen of the Ring? Because, you know, she did say on Quizzlemania last night, you know, she's got her own awards now that says that she is the cutest wrestling internet personality. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's all th- well and good to invent a championship for yourself, love. Because she she, she uh, thinks that the poll that you ran was rigged uh, on yesterday's Fastlane prediction show. Well, that's a classic calling out. You know, I I I I, I think I remember someone else calling out fake elections and stuff like that. Didn't go down too well, did it? Um, have you had a chance to watch Quizzle Menu yet or catch up anything I on it? I haven't, no, no. I've all been AEW and script writing this morning. Um, but I, we were talking about it earlier. It was it was a fun show with all of the in-jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so many in-jokes on yesterday's yeah. show. But like it, it was, my, my wife and I watched an episode of ER. Then we watched MasterChef at eight. I had quite a lot of crisps and nuts because I was feeling very snacky. And... Got to nine o'clock and we were like, oh, we're a bit tired. Should we go should we go into bed? And we were like, yeah. And then uh, my wife went off to go and do her teeth. And I was like, I'm just going to put my phone up and watch Quizzlemania for a little bit while Kate's doing her teeth. And then I'm, I'm just listening to it. And I'm watching along and I'm giggling along with everything that's going on. And I watch about five minutes of it. And then all of a sudden I just sort of hear, I hear like an echo. 
And I'm like, what the, what is, what's going on here? I pause it. I walk upstairs. I realize that my wife is in bed watching it on her phone. <laughs> We're like so AEW. Then... Like viewers per household through the roof. I know. And then so she was watching on her phone. And then I went upstairs and I went to do my teeth. And she was like, Have you got, is your iPad around? And I said, yeah, it's in the office. She was like, do you want to watch a bit of Quizlemania before we go to bed? And I was like, yeah, go on then. So I did my teeth. We And we sat in bed and we flossed together. Not like the dance, but, you know, actual like mm. teeth flossing and stuff. And we watched Quizlemania for over an hour. We watched like the first two rounds of the show. And uh, we only stopped because my wife said, we need to stop. That that round is over now. Let's not start a new yeah. round because we'll just get sucked in more. It's a very watchable show. Yeah, my lady partner, you know, because YouTube was like my other mistress for so long. <laughs> where I wouldn't be back home or I'd work long hours because of the YouTube. So I think that that's still there, even though I'm much better at working hours these days and I spend time with people. But it's still there in her head. So I'll be like, hey, let's watch this thing on YouTube. Or like, let's watch this thing, I'll say. It's got this, it's got this. And she'll be like, oh, that sounds really good. That ticks every single box. And I say, yeah, so we just have to open up the YouTube app on the TV. She's like, no. No. <gasps> YouTube is for cats. That's all YouTube's <laughs> for. So the only thing we watch together on YouTube as a couple is this tremendous channel called Kittysaurus. Okay. It's a vlog. What, it's no, a no. vlog for a cat. <laughs> and what happens on Kittysaurus? Well, it's run by this woman called Claire, but you never hear her voice. She giggles. She's kawaii too. I think she's Japanese. And she's got loads and loads of pet cats. The chief cat, the top cat, uh, if you prefer, being Lulu who is a dwarf kitty. What's a dwarf kitty? It's a, let me show you a picture of Lulu. I can share my screen, can't I? Will this, will this do, screw yeah. up all the audio? No, it'll share be fine, screen. mate. Chrome tab. Lulu Kittysaurus. Because you're, you're not really a cat person, are you? <gasps> I'm not much... Look at these kitties. Can you see these oh, kitties? That's a, a very that's a very cute cat. But it's like a one of a kind cat because it is a dwarf cat. Very, very rare. And it's just like a normal tabby, but it's got a fat little face and short, stubby little legs. And it can't look, look how it stands up. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a little like totem pole thing. Yeah. So what this channel's about is making fun of that fact. And the owner will put together <laughs> various uh, sort of obstacles for it to get to food. And we just watch Lulu go through the obstacles. I mean, it sounds great. I mean, are, 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 who are we to say what is good video content, really, considering some of the stuff that we put out? But it sounds grand, man. Does, does Lulu get a lot of views? Oh, yeah, millions. What? It's one millions, of those. Really? Yeah, it's. It's like, oh, this video is not done too well. It's only got, you know, like 30, 40,000. Oh, no, wait. It was uploaded 40 minutes ago. It's one of those. Yeah, I was channels, say, yeah. You know? Cats versus Giant Bugs uploaded 50 minutes ago, 11,000 views. Mm -hmm. uh, one week ago, 267,000 views, 2.73 million subscribers. Interestingly, that like, so I, what I find very interesting when you, you kind of learn about a new channel 
which I'm, I'm not very good with YouTube channels, really. Like, I have, like, a select few that I like, like, Lindsay Ellis, Stop Skeleton from Fighting, um, Grand Pooh Bear. Like, that's the sort of, like, thing that I tend to stick towards uh, Jim Sterling or Jane Sterling. But, like, I also like typing in the name and then seeing what other people are searching. So, like, mm. you know, you type in Kittysaurus and then do a little space. So you've got Catnip, Invisible Wall, Face Reveal, Bathing. So, <sighs> face like, Reveal face isn't reveal a wrestling one. thing. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, that was the one that caught my eye because you said that uh, the person doesn't show their face. So is there like oh. one of there's like people who are like, oh, I found the face reveal, or whether or whether she has revealed her face, uh, or whether oh, people yeah, like a reflection in the mirror. And it reminds me of like you know back in the day when you first got the internet, and you got into wrestling, and one of the first things you kind of like gone to a search engine for is Kane unmasked or Kane without mm. a mask, Abyss without a mask. You know, see what they look like underneath. I was wondering if it's kind of like that. There's also Kittysaurus fake death. Is there like oh okay sort of... yeah well it's what I think the cat would. Pre- That's one of the videos they did where the owner pretended to be dead. And to see how the cats would react, and the cats oh didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> the fake wall one's yeah. great as well. If it's what I think it is, it's cling film over a over a corridor, and they just walk into it, and they're very confused. So I, I look for face reveal, and it says deleted video. This is loaded by someone else, uh, Koeko Chan. Deleted video. Claire reveals her face. <gasps> Old videos it's Claire, from the Cream owner. Heroes channel. Old videos from Cream Heroes channel that was already deleted. Claire did a photo shoot with her cats, and you can see her face. No. Yeah, the it is, face yeah. of Claire. <laughs> it won't live up to my high expectations. She looks like an no. anime character in my head. The way they do all the honest, gifs. I'm, I'm cycling through here and I'm not seeing a face in this video. I feel like this might be clickbait. Like I'm seeing the back of her head, but certainly no faces here. I got clickbaited. I know the master of clickbait, right? Got clickbaited. Uh, it was, <laughs> I can't believe I clicked on it. It just <laughs> said, real, genuine, oh my God, the Loch Ness monster is real. <laughs> <laughs> And it was because I don't go on Facebook that much, but I went on Facebook to see something my mum was talking about. And it was just there. And I think because it was unfamiliar territory, I was like, oh, I didn't really think about it. (laughs) Oh, they discovered the Loch Ness Monster. Why isn't this bigger news? Why isn't this talked about on the BBC? (laughs) And it's freaking an hour long. And I was like, well, I've clicked on it now. And I've cycled it. Nothing. Nothing. How do they get away with that? It got loads of likes and views and positive comments. I have no idea, man. Wrestling fans are harsh. Um, although, uh, like spoiler result of a pay per view, I'm the devil. <laughs> Seven minutes into this eight minute video, by the way, all of a sudden, like the person is now looking at it on a computer screen, and they're genuinely like Blade Runner enhance, you know, like oh. zooming in to try and like on these photos to try and find <laughs> her real face. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Anyway, we've got to talk about AEW because we had a cracking main event. And also, mm. if you love them, there's loads of hyper chats on today's show. Here it is. What an insane hardcore, unsanctioned, lights-out main event for Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Dear God, 
the women hopefully just put that division on the map for All Elite Wrestling. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Cohen. We're going to be reviewing this week's episode of Dynamite. But firstly, just a few things. I was brutally attacked yesterday in the end of the WWE Fastlane 2021 predictions. I was set to compete against El Fakador Laurie Blake for the championship this Sunday. I made all my predictions and someone got scared, obviously, because then I was attacked in my very own home. And then part of London was blown up just to get rid of me. As you can see, I've hurt my arm off the back of it. It's a real serious issue. I am cleared to do the Wrestle Talk news. I am cleared to do these podcast reviews. I will be on the Fast Lane review and podcast on Monday. But I have not been cleared to compete for the championship at the Fast Lane Live Reactions. Yeah, we spoke to doctors. They've done extensive tests on Mr. Davis. Unfortunately, the results are that he, he is not medically cleared for live reactions. So he's not able to be, he's not able to compete for the gem, that championship this Sunday. Um, thankfully, you know, um, Mr. Davis has, has found a suitable replacement uh, for the championship match this coming Sunday. Uh, I will pass the floor um, back to you in, in, in this troubling time. Chopper Pete. Chopper Pete, the only guy, the only member of the All Authority who's standing with me, who ran into my room. He was definitely there. Not overdubbed. He oh, was yeah. definitely was, there in my actual it, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't just voiceover that was put over a video that was, that was recorded by someone else. It couldn't have happened. He will be representing the All Authority because he stands by me. Not like you, Luke. And not like Laurie or Adam, do? who's challenging at, Re at Wrestle Jamia, or Andy, or Tempest, or Louis. I don't know. I've got my eyes on all of you. Hey, man. Out. I was the man who sent to the back. I was the man who heard that there was an attack being laid on you. I've got an oh, iron yeah. clap. That yeah. totally vindicates you, doesn't it? Only the guy I've been feuding with from the start of all this nonsense. I'm going to prove my innocence to you. Do you know how I'm going to prove my innocence to you? I'm going to find the son of a bitch that did it. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to interview everyone I can, find out who it was that attacked Mr. Davis, who blew up Mr. Davis. I'll find that person. I'll find that son well, of a bitch. Well, enough, enough of this, because I'm sure a lot of people just tuned in to listen to us talk about this brilliant match that closed the show for last night's Dynamite. Thunder Rosa took on Britt Baker, and it was about 20 minutes left on the clock by the end of it, and I thought, Oh, they're probably going to go a full 15 minutes here. This is good. I was worried like it would be an angle, but no, they did exactly the right thing. They treated it seriously. It felt like a big deal. They had, I mean, I've seen people call it one of the best women's matches in North America on TV or pay-per-view forever. Like the, the best women's match since Bailey Banks at Brooklyn, which is high, high praise. I don't think it's that good but I loved it. It's probably in my top 10 women's matches, maybe even top five. I need to sleep on it some more. But this was, both of them just killed each other in a way you do not see women do in the in the United States. Like, I'm sure you get this in Japan, like <laughs> they just call it Thursdays. But, uh, you know, for, for sort of sports entertainment, United States wrestling, 
you don't get two women covered in blood, like proper crimson mask, gushing blood over the canvas, hitting each other with steel chairs through ladders, through tables, onto thumbtacks. So this, to me, this is true equality. This was, it's one of those matches where, you know, because we haven't had blood in WWE for, you know, a number of years now, but we have had blood in AEW, we have had blood elsewhere. But it's one of those things where you, when you watch it, and you don't because you watch so much WWE, you don't really think about blood in matches anymore because it's just it's not there. You know, even in like high level blood feuds. But then when you watch a match where people bleed, you're like, oh yeah, oh this adds to the drama, doesn't it? This makes it feel like real and stuff. And you forget how much like blood in wrestling really like amps up a match and sort of amps you up. There's obviously some primordial part of our brains that are wired to be a way that as soon as someone like starts like like bleeding from the head, you're like, oh no. Like there's obviously like a caring part of that. But then it's like, oh no, now they need to like fight harder. When like Thunder Rosa got busted open, I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool. When Britt Baker got busted open as well and she bled a gusher, man. She got cut deep. I genuinely started to fear for her. It was one of those real, like, oh no, like they cut deep. You know, like the, the Vince McMahon, like at WrestleMania 19, where it's like, oh, he bladed deep there. Like he cut a real vein in that forehead and it just starts like spurting blood out of it. Yeah, sorry. She is a practiced medical <laughs> professional. Well, she I know what she's, she's doing. And you know what? She also is a fantastic seller because I totally mm. bought into it. Like she was, she was like falling down and stuff and trying to get her feet, wiping the blood from her eyes. I was like, oh my God, this is, I was so invested in all of this on the, the, the remarks of was this, you know, one of the best women's matches in North America of all time, you know, the best since Bailey Banks at Brooklyn. I don't know, man, because like Charlotte Becky from evolution, you know, has been like really held up as like, oh, this is like the pinnacle of like hardcore women's wrestling or even just like women's wrestling in general, which is a match that I love, but I've got, I, I'm kind of torn on it because I think the face heel dynamics is so balked in that match that it doesn't, because mm -hmm. Becky's the heel in that match and it doesn't quite work that way because no one was cheering Charlotte and they were just cheering Becky. So it's kind of like, it's a little bit sort of skewed, but like Banks Bailey, I don't know if it's as good as Banks Bailey because that is a match that makes me legit cry. But this was, insanely great i don't want to like play the role of like comparing it to other matches i want to just say like this is just an incredible match so so great both of these women did an incredible like and one of the things i loved about this and i've seen some people say this online oh it should have been for the title this should have been a sheeder in this position it should but like i think it makes sense that it's rosa and baker in this position because they've been feuding for months they've had this real like intense blood feud rivalry that doesn't need the title not every feud needs a title and this is one of those feuds that doesn't need a title and this match completely justifies the fact that it didn't need a title I believe just stipulation wise, you can't have it for the title. It's an unsanctioned match. So yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah, I thought this was that I echo everything you just said. I, I think the reason if I was to pick, you know, I would pick the Brooklyn match just because it had all of that story and Bailey as a baby face going into it. You know, Rosa and Baker have had a build. This is a months long build. This was a match that was meant to happen two months ago. But, you know, circumstances meant it had to be postponed. But it hasn't had like the super great build. But the actual match and payoff has, has more than overcompensated for it. Uh, what I'm interested by talking about babyface heel dynamics is that Thunder Rose is a very interesting style of babyface. She's more a tweener. She doesn't really sell either. So she's not. She, she just she's just badass. Whereas Britt Baker is the out and out heel. 
you know, in quite like a classic villain sense. She cheats, she's got rebber, she's a dentist, she gets cheap heel heat in the best possible way. But at the end of this, I, I fully expect her to continue with that character, and I, I hope she does. But like, I respect her even more in a kayfabe sense, because she, I've seen some people compare it to like a Mick Foley match. Not, not just in regards to the violence and hardcore nature of it, but also how Baker has kind of proved herself as a wrestler as much as a character. Yeah, can I, the two Foley matches I think you could compare this to uh, the street fight against Triple H at Rumble 2000 yeah. and the Backlash match against Randy Orton, which were both matches designed to make a star out of the other people that he was in the ring with and this match feels like it didn't just make one star here it made two like real like mm. thunder rosa came out of this looking like a million bucks but yeah Britt baker even in defeat came out of this looking absolutely awesome really helped by the fact that she had that deep crimson mask just like 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 blood in her eyes like it looks like her eyes are bloodshot i wanted to use that as the thumbnail for this podcast but we would have been instantly demonetized it never <laughs> would have happened we would have gotten so much trouble with the youtube higher ups but it's such a cool visual and it proper reminds me of that becky lynch standing in the crowd before mm. survivor series the blood pouring her face and like that was a star making moment for lynch and i really hope like you said at the top of the show i really hope that this does make some stars out of this and actually put the women's division it elevates the the whole division in aew which is something that is sorely needed hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. before we get on to all your Omega chats, and there's a bunch of them. Thank you very much again. Uh, I, I 
with Baker, like I cannot believe just over a year ago, she was this baby face that no one wanted any part uh, like to yeah. see on the screens. She was so vanilla, one dimensional, kind of forced down her throats and just a, she's a dentist and a, and a woman and a wrestler. Wow. You should cheer for her. That's all we were given. And we're like, oh, I mean, I don't want to, don't want to boo her. She seems like a nice person, and I'm, I'm into this company, but <laughs> this sucks, really. And then, boom, she comes out on the sort of beach break shows, whatever it was called last year, Bash at the Beach. Can't remember now. And just started to cut a heel promo that was kind of cut off, and just a couple of months later, just infinitely better. And that's what I love about AEW. Because I'm never, I'm, I'm very rarely here going, oh, this really hot thing happened. And over the course of the weeks, they've made it worse, like I do with another company. Everything gets better. And that just builds so much excitement and trust and forgiveness in me as a viewer. Yeah, Baker is one of those people, like WWE, I think, uh, I'm not sure if they did offer a contract, um, like Thunder Rosa, they wanted to bring in to be a referee in NXT, oh. and like, it, it's, and I'm not sure what Baker's position was going to be within uh, NXT, but it's the sort of thing, like, I'm, it's, I'm glad that she's here and where she is now, but there was also that part of me that's like, oh no, but she's a really good talent that's in a company that is not really doing its women's division much service, and then I think Baker is the face of this division, she's not the champion, mm. but she's certainly the face of this division, because last year even when injured and she was out for you know some months now she was still one of the best characters on tv because she just sat there out as the role model in the wheelchair on the back of the truck and this that and the other and i think that this covid era of aew has been a real like blessing in disguise for for someone like baker because i think it's really allowed her to establish this character and i can see there's a lot of people now that are you know wanting her to be pushed as the you know top star and be pushed as the, the women's champion. And I think it's it's only a matter of time, really. Yeah, and you could probably do, like, Rosa's presumably going to go for the title off of Sheeta. Sheeta was watching backstage and all of this. Baker comes around. Like, what a great three-way feud you can have spinning off into singles. But let's get into your Omega chats, because, dear God, there's so many of them. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your Omega chats in there. We will read out every single one of them somehow. We were like, oh, AEW streams had loads of Omega chats last week. Was that just a one-off? Because we don't get from for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, but yes, we're like, let's see how this one goes. We've already got six pages, which is insane. Three pages are just on this match. Like, people have some thoughts. <laughs> so let's rattle through these. Stephen Guzman, dear Lord, this main event. This is one of the matches I've struggled to finish. And not because it features women being violent. Britt Baker's selling was so good, that end shot of her line there looked like she was really effing dead. Amazing main event work. Uh, yeah, I think there's a future babyface running it for her. Hollow Pan. AEW keeps churning out top quality wrestling week in, week out. The storylines, great wrestling, cliffhangers. My intelligence isn't insulted. And their women's division is finally being booked strong. Can you think of a better time to be a wrestling fan, Luke? Uh, oh, I mean, I, I always go back to that 2018 period, man. Like in the lead up to All In. And that was like a, a real exciting time. So I think maybe, but yeah, I honestly, I think Holopan's actually right. Like now probably is a great time to be a wrestling fan. It really does feel like it's a great time to be one. 
We weren't getting it week to week. Sarah Sullivan. So as a newish fan, I showed my roommate this show, All Girls. Uh, they have been teasing me about my newfound love of wrestling and Hangman Page. They loved Cargill. Baker Rosa blew them away. Even though Rosa won, Baker is now my favourite in AEW. I love her. Very interesting to hear. That's what That's all really the reports always say. You put AEW on in a household. Over time, everyone else in the in the house generally will watch it with you. Mont Blanc, 1989, says, won't be able to watch this live, but wanted to show love. This episode was nuts. Jade killed Danny with a German suplex, a weenie reference, and that main event. Curb stomps, chairs, and rubber through a table. That thumbtack thumb squat, thumbtack spot popped a squirm from me. Yeah, so one of my favorite spot of that match wasn't just the thumbtack spot. It was then when Baker got the lockjaw onto Rosa. And Rosa, you know, because you can't get to the ropes. The rope break doesn't count. So what Rosa instead did was roll Baker back onto the thumbtacks to break the hold. What a brilliant, inventive way to get out of a submission. Love that. Good Dharma. Four out of five, I guess it's fair. But the Thunder Rosa Brit match was enough to bring the six out of five from me. What a match. What a show. Leon Quashy, the women elevated a solid dynamite into one of my favorite episodes. I'm not going to say it was the best AEW women's match. Nyla Shida, a double or nothing on Rio versus Deeb. But no doubt it's the most important. Please, Tony, use this momentum to energize the division. Ben Morris was a great main event. Gives me hope for their women's division in the future. Mr. Davis won't ever break Kayfabe. He may get knocked out and sparkled, his shoes stolen, but no one, and I mean no one, will ever get his socks. Feeling dreepy? I was going to say, just on the um, the, the Tony Khan thing, you know, like the please, Tony, let's not stop this momentum. Have you seen the, the backstage video of him, like, as after the show's finished, and like, and like, it's Tony Khan and Kenny Omega, and like, Tony Khan is saying, like, that's the best main event. Like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen this company do. Like, it was you know, an incredible main event. And he was really putting over Baker and Rosa. I'm just hoping that Tony remembers that and just remembers that feeling that he had there and just continues it on for the rest of the year. Feeling dreepy. Brit versus Thunder Rosa was an amazing choice for their first women's match in AEW. Uh, main event, sorry. Now we can only hope that AEW keeps the quality of the women's division up to this standard in non-hardcore style matches for the future. Bo Hill. Brit Rosa was insane. It absolutely deserved that spot. Wasn't just a gift to women. Four-month-long feud needed to be main and unsanctioned. Brit Rosa both great, but can't overlook how great Reba has been too. Great as Brit's valet. Peter yeah, Mullins. so good in that role. Peter Mullins, I'm so glad the mysterious attacker picked Revolution's main event to inflict on Mr. Davis and not this one. Jeez, uh, what a great match to showcase equality in modern wrestling. If TK was wondering if women can draw, this was the emphatic answer. Well, let's wait till the, yeah. the ratings. <laughs> I was going to say, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It may do an absolute dud rating and sort of like prove the skeptics right. <laughs> Matthew Makovsky, holy loads of letters. This main event effing ruled the emotion the passion the brutality jesus god bless tony khan now let one of these two women take the title from shida as soon as possible like double or nothing as soon as possible then let these two feud over the title uh sari my god those two ladies killed it salute and hats off to them both absolutely love the exclusive vid aw put on youtube showing the aftermath reactions and backstage ovation to the girls unreal i've got to watch that that sounds amazing. so good Will Landrum, that main event. Say it, Luke. This company. Okay, so it's officially time to stop the blanket condemnation of the women's division. They may not have many stories, but at least it's not male-centric. How will they coexist, tag teams, or constantly <laughs> pinning the champ? DX Solo, why did Brit go to the top rope? 
What was her plan there? At uh, which spot? I'm, trying, I'm playing the thing back through my head. Because she did it, like the. What? For the Death Valley driver a through driver. the ladder? Yeah. I mean, to, to answer your question, DX, so they could set up Thunder Rosa to do a Death Valley driver. <laughs> Stop complaining, DX. <laughs> Laramie Shinar. I've been very critical of AEW's women's division for a while, and although there's still issues with it that need to be solved, I will say that this match showed what it could be and was a Paul White sized step in the right <laughs> direction. Easily TV match of the year so far. Uh, Bobby Stevens. The only thing that would have made this match better would be Adam Cole shocked hands over his mouth in the crowd. Talk about long-term <laughs> storytelling. He did it on Twitter. He posted a picture of himself <laughs> doing the Britt Baker pose while watching the match. Brilliant. I saw someone say, well, now Adam Cole knows how Renee Young feels. <laughs> uh, Matthew Robinson. Wow, I believe this was the realest, most extreme women's match. It had a great beginning and build like the men's matches to the bloody end. Also, probably one of the best thumbtack drops you could see so many on Britt Baker's back. Woof, gross stuff. Absolutely disgusting, but I loved it. I'm going to finish all of these. Oh, no, there's loads. Okay, let's do <laughs> one more page. Dylan Starr, that main event was amazing. I don't even know what to say about it. Sad to hear about Ollie's injuries. Ah, I think it was Chopper Pete who did this. He's jealous of me being the cutest. Hashtag trader that trader. I think Alex Queen of the Rings pretty well gel, making up fake awards. Charlie Echo Test, when Dr. Baker went for the bag of thumbtacks, I thought she was bringing out a sack <laughs> of human teeth. That would have been pretty grim. <laughs> That's somehow more grim than thumbtacks. Wrestling Talk Sign Guy. Britain Rosa is my favourite women's sports entertainment match of all time. Banks and Bailey was a better wrestling match, which this wasn't meant to be. The high spots, the kick out after the tacks, the crimson mask, such an amazing spectacle. Miguel Ortiz, I think you hurt I think who hurt you was Tempest. He's colluding with Fakador to create the Lucha World Order. On a serious note, Baker versus Rosa is a match of the year candidate for sure, and I hope AEW shows off more of the women's division like this in the future. Matthew McFadden, ever since I got back into the graps in November 2019, this was hands down the best women's match I've seen since then. All three people played their part incredibly well. Best match of 2021 for me, or at the very least, top three. Jake, we watched, we just watched the first five-star North American women's match. Love you both. Been watching Wrestle Talk since Luke had hair. Will there be another Wrestle Talk versus Cultaholic crossover with the Forbidden Door being opened in wrestling? Probably not in lockdown. It's too too difficult yeah. to arrange stuff like that. Uh, Myron, what do you think about Five Star? Well, I was just trying to think. I was like, did Baby Banks at Brooklyn not get five stars? Well, I just Googled it. got four and a half, apparently. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's AEW, so it probably will get the five star rating from Meltzer, you know, because of all of his bias and whatnot. Um, but we'll certainly see. Like, I think Britt Baker even makes a joke about that in that, like, they're showing a video of her getting the thumbtacks taken out. And I think she's even going like, do you think Meltzer? Do you think Meltzer will, will rate it highly? <laughs> I wouldn't give it five stars, but I thought no. it was incredible. Myron Speed. I think what I loved about this main event was that not once throughout the broadcast did they mention it was the first women's main event. It was the first unsanctioned lights out match on Dynamite. It really put the division over as deserving the spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't want it shoved down your throat. Nades, the post-match exclusive video they posted was amazing to see, especially the interview with Thunder Rosa. Just her emotion and love for the business came through and struck me, actually made me well up a bit. Five-star match. A lot of people saying five stars. And finally for now, 
Three pages I just rattled through. James Hanley, cautiously optimistic about the women's division. Brennan Broser not only met my expectations, but exceeded them. I, ju- I think we all can agree there. I just hope that AEW uses this as a launching point for the division itself. If not, then I will be very disappointed in the promotion itself. Yes. Let's end, let's end on, a, on a nice one. Dried chicken without flavor. AEW St. Patrick's Day slam show was overall solid until the main event. The AEW main event in the women's division has changed the narrative about their division. So solid show, but then that main event made it absolutely incredible. Keep getting your uh, Omega chats in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them, by God, before the end of this show. Uh, We'll talk about Dynamite very briefly. But before we do, let's hear about an AEW wrestler showing up on Wrestling Daily tonight. The Forbidden Door is open. Here's Louis Dangor. He's not the wrestler, but he's here to tell us who it is. I am. Yeah, we will be welcoming Doc Gallows onto Wrestling Daily tonight at 8 p.m. UK time. So that's 4 p.m. EST and 1 p.m. on the West Coast. I think PST? We'll go with PST. Pacific. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it'll be as rude as MJF's appearance on Wrestling Daily was two weeks ago. But for anyone that knows Gallows, he is one of the most naturally funny wrestlers (laughs) ever. So it'll be very, very good fun to have him on Wrestling Daily tonight. And it's not just going to be a live interview. We like to call it a QA. and a So you guys can get your comments in, get questions in. If there's something you remember about Gallows that you want to ask him, how much baby oil he puts on his arms, ask him, Mr. Davis. Uh, Firstly, how are you? Yeah. How are you? Well, you know, did did you blow me up? No, no, no. But mm. when I mm. saw you were blown up, I did contact Pete about maybe taking over the authority. But you are you here now. Yes, I hell, did. Man. But I left it over creative differences with Mr. Davis. Yeah, but then yeah, you didn't go nice back. To tell me about that. Uh, <laughs> you can't just keep saying anyway. you're part of the Oli authority when you said you've left. I make the rules. So, oh, see, this, I'm the number one suspect now. You know, you know what Louis like. He's like when you you're playing a game when when you're younger and you shoot someone in pretend and and you're like, "Hi, hey, I got you. You're dead." And they get, "No, no, force field, force field." That's what you are, Louis. Anyway, I've got a question for you to pass on to Doc Gallows. I will do. How many rounds are there? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I will ask him how many rounds there were. I'm going to ask him about the AW Revolution dud, if we can, if we can talk about that. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. He's a very interesting character who's going to have a, a big play in the wrestling landscape over the next couple of months, particularly when the pandemic's over. So be a very interesting guest on, on Wrestling Daily. Yeah, so go over, subscribe to there. Don't let Louis put you off. It will be a fun show. Can we also talk about the pinnacle quickly? How this... Oh no, I haven't got, I haven't got time for that point. We've got and a promo to do. Very quickly. So you've no, no, got the best thing. About the the best thing in wrestling. The best thing in wrestling. They're all geniuses. This started in July. July last year. Genius. I'm off now. Enjoy. So you... <laughs> can can I just say they're geniuses and it started in July? <laughs> Go Worth over it. to Wrestling Daily. It'll be very good later. Louis, fantastic.
Right, let's get in with this AEW Dynamite review. It's Thursday, you know what that means. It's a St. Patrick's Day Slam-themed edition, which was mostly manifest by Pentagon, trying on little green hats, because our opening, our opening match was Cody Rhodes versus Pentagon Jr. in a cracking match where Penta tried on two different hats at ringside. That man is charisma personified. He's so, so wonderful. Uh, and I'm I'm really kind of, I hope this is going to be more of a feud between Rhodes and, and Penta here because Rhodes did pick up the win, but I kind of like, I hope that this is not the end of things because he did do the attack after the match as well and he's targeting the arm. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more out of this feud because I really enjoyed this match actually. And they were trying to, because they were pinning Penta, they really tried to put him over strong in all of this. Like he kicked out a crossroads, he picked, kicked out of the gory bomb, like he broke out of the figure four by getting to the rope. So like he was getting out of all of Cody's near falls. And it was really just a momentary distraction, like of his own creation that led to Cody pinning him. I don't think it's the finish that I would have picked, um, but I really, really enjoyed the match. I thought it was terrific stuff. I, I really liked the match. Um, I, I love how Pentagon just refuses to sell, kind of like Thunder Rosa. Uh, I think that's part of the guy's appeal, that he's just so crazy. But weirdly, my fault comes when Cody kind of didn't sell. So you get the arm break spot at the end of this, after Pence just kicked out, kicked out, kicked out of all of Cody's big moves. And Pentagon breaks his arm, the injured arm. Although it wasn't like, I guess they're not doing it in AEW as a... a arm break spot it's just like an arm snap which is such a shame because that that should be a big protected finish i think that's more than enough to protect cody in defeat i, mm -hmm. I don't think I cody got anything by winning there i don't, I don't think, think pentagon yeah I, i'm very surprised why didn't you just put over pentagon it's i'll be honest with you i mean i'm mean, maybe gonna put my cards out here i think it's my only criticism i had against this show actually no i do have another one but it's probably mm. my, one of my two hypercritical things i would make about this show is that i don't think cody should have won here i don't think it's hypercritical i think this was i yeah i, did, I didn't like it I, I, I don't know how much of that is me just it should have been penta uh but yeah pentagon did try on hats at ringside so he should have won um, Pentagon continued the beatdown after the match. Dustin ran down. The rest of the Nightmare family ran down. But QT Marshall took his sweet ass time because he's definitely turning heel. I mean, he already has. I was going to say he already has. And that was like the other thing I had about this was like, nah, I'm not really into this QT stuff. I'm really into Pentagon versus Cody, though. I want to see more of that. Oh, I liked it. I think they they, they did the this angle and um, having Penta prance around and doing his, his stuff for so long afterwards did kind of make me forget that he lost the match. So I I'm I am into seeing Cody Rhodes too. Cody Penta too. Oh, I'm still into that. Yes. I'm still into mm, that. I'm in more like I, Q, I'm less into the QT stuff. But if if that's the way, just have Penta win. If I'm gonna forget yeah. about the result. Um after that we got the young Bucks having an interview backstage and invisible hand job, Don Callis interrupted saying they're not elite anymore. They're not the team they were in New Japan. I love this from Callis. It was really, really great. You know, he said like, yeah, you said that Kenny has changed. Your best friend has changed. Yeah, he has changed. He's now the god of pro wrestling. He's gone from here to all the way up here. You're not the same Matt and Nick that I saw in New Japan. It was really, really great because it sets up the angle they were going to do later on in the show. Jade Cargill just utterly squashed Danny Jordan in about two, two, three moves, I think it was. She looked great. 
Mm -hmm. This was a really, really good showing uh, for Jade Cargill. Like this is someone, I think Alex McCarthy posted about it on Twitter being like that she is, you could give her the Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, like, you know, the, your first year in professional mm -hmm. wrestling where you go on like this absolute tear and you win a title. Um, but even before that year is out, your rookie year and you have to go on as dominates her. I think you can do that with Jade. There's something really, really special about her. It's just, you know, the way that she looks, the way she carries herself around the ring. I think you can put enough people around them, like an angle, like a Lesnar, where you can carry them into looking like they are like legit competition. And I, I think that'd be really great for Jade. What I liked about this and the main event we didn't really speak about was that afterwards she stared down Red Velvet at ringside. Man, I don't really care about that. But then Cargill was in the stands watching the match and Sheeda was watching that match on from backstage. And it's like, oh, you've got to, you are building something here. Yeah. I mean, it's taken oh, yeah. a goddamn time, but I'm I'm now excited. You got all the elements are in place, and they're homegrown, most of them. Uh, then after that, we got this terrific explanation promo. I feel like this was one of the best heel villain master plan explanation promos I've ever heard. It just this it made me terrific. excited for the future. It made sense of everything that had come before it. It was it was. Uh, what is it? MJF, FTR, Tully Blanchard, Sean Spears, and Wardlow coming down to the ring, all in suits that arrived via private jet earlier in the day. They look great. And Tully Blanchard cuts a, a promo bit saying, I was part of the baddest group in 34 years ago, and now I'm going to finish my career with the greatest group now. And then MJF just went on an absolute tear, picking apart Chris Jericho, and then built up every single member of the pinnacle. Yeah, this was a fabulous promo. Uh, I think it was Andy Quilden um, posted saying, like, you know, if you're uh, a trainee, if you're a trainee wrestler at the moment and you want to look at like how, like some great examples of good promo work, check out this. Like, it is a it, it, it's hitting all of the beats. It's delivering it with complete conviction and like selling this idea of the group. This promo did so much to put over this group and make them feel like a big deal. And it's not just MJF, it was Tully's promo as well. So like you couple that with the angle that they did last week, which is this huge, huge angle. And then MJF's promo here, the pinnacle now really do feel like the biggest deal in AEW, considering the fact you've got the bloody super elite in this company as well. Mm. This company. And like, I loved Tully's line of just like, oh, the inner circle, apparently they're the baddest group in AEW. They're the top guys around here. Well, we just laid them out. So I guess that means we're the baddest group in AEW now. And I was like, oh, that's a really good line, actually. That's a, that's a pretty bad, badass line. Yeah, and MJF being like, guess I'm the Judas, hey, Chris. And, you know, making fun of his weight and his pectoral muscles and his receding hairline. It was just absolutely fabulous. I know a lot of people are like, ah, Pinnacle's a bit of a rubbish name. But most, most names are. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be like, yeah, Pinnacle, come on, guys. <laughs> um, I was just stunned by how a lot of MJF's inner circle character work was very goofy, very comedy based. And like that, he's turned it all on its head. This was the MJF of the John Moxley feud. Well, sorry, if you take aside the campaign comedy, this is like in that match when you're like, oh, my God. You are a really serious threat in the in your wrestling ability and sort of like your kayfabe psychological tactics. And now he's got a now he's got a faction to help him win that title. Oh, it's scary for everyone else. I love this. I thought it was so, so great. We got a 10 man of uh, Hardy's heroes, I called them. It's Matt Hardy, private party. Matt Hardy, private party, uh, Butcher and the Blade. It sounds like uh, 
and they were children. Dr. Seuss book. book. Yeah. And they took on Bear Country and Jurassic Express. This was fun. It was a bit all over the place, but it, it was fun stuff, very fast paced. Bear Country and Jurassic Express kind of got a bit of tension and Matt Hardy pinned Marco Stunt. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this because this is one of those matches where I, I they use Marco in a really, really clever way uh, within AEW. Mm. And one of the things I really like about Marco as a character, and it's, but I mean, I will say, if you don't like Marco, then I don't think anything's going to change your mind. But I like, I'd like to think there are some times when they use Marco this way that you can kind of go like, oh, I, yeah, it's not for me, but I kind of get it. And I think this is one of those matches where he's like, oh, yeah. I know it's not really for me, but I, I do kind of get where they're going with Marco. And I think he's a fun little character to use in all of this. You know, this little scrappy-do underdog that literally gets tossed around by Bear Country as a weapon and then things like that. And I like that all the Bear Country Jurassic Express infighting. I thought that was really quite interesting because it's building on from the Battle Royale that they had at Revolution. Meanwhile, you've got big money Matt Enterprises or Empire, whatever he's calling it. I like, you know, the gin and juice ending on Marco Stunt, him tagging himself in, slowly getting the ring and being like, come on, come on, get up. I'll just pick you up, hit the twist of fate and get the pin. A really like tight package on it as well to like a snug pin. I actually was a big fan of this. I, I really enjoyed the character work within this. Maybe not so much the in-ring stuff, but the character work I very much enjoyed. Well, talking of character work, what a segue. Because next up, we got my new favorite, everything's my new favorite thing in this promotion. Mox and Kingston cutting a duo promo together ahead of their Good Brothers tag team match in a, in two segments time. And they were just fantastic. Uh, they, they, they were funny. They were funny. They were badass. They hit me. They hit all the right notes again. They called uh, Doc Gallows for looking like Forky. And Moxley was annoyed for wasting money on talking Shoppermania, which was a great line. And then Kingston was like saying, hey, look, you, you think you're all big. You, 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 do, you do that, like the two sweet signal. I saw that on TNT like 25 years ago, whatever it was. And he quotes 50 cents saying they've never popped anyone. And Mox says, whoa, 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 you can't say Bullet Club. I, I don't, I don't can, can we say Bullet Club? It was very funny. Yeah, it was really good. You had like Moxie doing some of the the more the comedy stuff within this, talking about talking shop and mania. But then I think it was like Kingston was kind of like the one to kind of steer this into gear and get in a serious mode. You know, this isn't Tokyo. This isn't the impact zone. And I loved his his final line here. Is this the 50 cent line of cowards die a thousand deaths, but soldiers like us only die once? That was a really fun, like a really badass line to end things on. Of all the 50 cent ones, I would have gone for, we're going to party like it's my birthday. It's your birthday. We went through this literally yesterday. I sang this to Luke yesterday, and I, I apparently I've been getting the words wrong all this time. I thought it was my birthday. He gets going, Ian, yo, shorty, it's my birthday. I'm like, no, no, the line is, yo, shorty, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. I thought 50 Cent was like, hey, everybody, let's have a good time. It's my birthday. That's what I got from that song. Christian came out and he got to cut a promo without being interrupted. Oh, that was that was refreshing. You do it backstage. He, That's the key to this. Don't do it out yeah. on the stage. Like that's Sting's problem. Sting keeps doing these interviews out on the stage and he keeps getting interrupted because there's entrances in that. Like there's two ways you can be interrupted. Do it like Christian out the back. No one's around you. You can just talk and it's grand. It's Dasher. People are scared of Dasher. No one respects Tony. They're going to interrupt <laughs> his interviews. Uh, so Christian 
explained why he's in AEW, and I thought he did a really good job here. He got over that he's not a workhorse, he's the workhorse. He's in this company to cement his legacy. He's not going to go right in at the top, which I think was a smart way of saying to all those people who are concerned because they've seen it in TNA, they've seen it in WWE. Oh, there's the veteran, the part-timer. Give him the title, the top title. Put him over everyone else. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to get wins. I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to work my way from the bottom. I am all, I I said before <clears throat> that I think this is a fine TV match and program built to Kenny Omega versus Christian on TV. But if he does that one more match outwork everyone kind of vibe over months, I reckon in a cup like by double or nothing, we all might be like, "Oh my god, this is one of the best comeback stories of all time. Yes, Christian. And we're all rooting for him to beat Omega at the pay-per-view. He I'm hoping we get I that as well. great story. I'm hoping so as well, because I did get from this. I mean, I've right here in my notes, oh, I think this is going to be a double or nothing main event, which is actually one of the, the, the thing last week that you and I were a bit afraid of. We thought, oh, it's fine for TV, but you don't want to see this as your double or nothing <laughs> main event, because I think that does paint the company in sort of the wrong light. The, the critics of AEW are just going to use this as more ammunition to be critical of the company, which, you know, is, is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I like the way that you kind of described this of being like, you know, if he does do this sort of like outwork everyone and he's the crafty veteran and he does build up this one more title run storyline, this last hurrah of, you know, almost like Rocky Balboa type like deal. Yeah. I think it could be something pretty special. And I, and I would be into that. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, about Christian Cage's run. This promo mm. was really, really great. Yeah. After that, we got the Good Brothers versus Kingston and Moxley match. The Good Brothers jumped Kingston in the opening. And I was like, oh, why isn't Mox coming out to help him? And I forgot Mox's entrance is at the other end of the arena. So that actually made sense. Uh, the Good Brothers gave Mox a, a magic killer on the outside. They worked over Kingston for ages, which was really, really good. Kingston is an awesome baby face in peril. Like he's yeah. so desperate all the time. And Moxley finally gets on the apron, gets the hot tag, runs wild. Uh, looks like he's, you know, but looks like the Good Brothers were going to win it. But then Moxley rolled up Anderson, which I, again, think was not just the wrong result. I think the Good Brothers winning here by beating up Kingston and making Moxley watch like is a better story. It keeps that heat going. The Good Brothers... They felt like, you know, that kind of Gallows and Anderson who just lose all the time in WWE. Like, it doesn't really matter how good the matches were. And on top of all of that, I got the the roll-up finishing with Cody in the opener. This was my other point I wanted to make. You know, I said, like, I had two hypercritical things for this. The first one was the uh, Cody Penta finish, and this was my other one that I wanted to talk, bring up, actually. It's funny you mentioned how Kingston was a, is a great babyface in peril, because I, I wrote in my notes in the previous 10-man ma tag, Jungle Boy's the greatest babyface peril that this company has. And then literally in the next match, I was like, oh, no, it turns out it's Eddie Kingston is actually the best <laughs> babyface in peril they've got. Um yeah, like my biggest criticism I have against this match is that it is the exact... If you're going to have a roll-up finish um, after someone is dominating you and then you're going to beat them up after the match and then some people come down and you're going to do the same. If you're doing that in this match, don't do it in two matches earlier in the Cody Penta match as well. Don't do like literally the exact same finish because it just 
devalues the whole thing. Like when this finish came, I was like, oh, it's exactly the same as the Cody Penser finish. And then people like come down, you're like, oh, this is exactly like the Cody Penser finish. I literally just saw not 40 minutes ago. I just think when you're looking at on a booking sheet, to make the change to the Penty, uh, the Cody Penser match or the Penty Coda match, as I nearly just said, um, <laughs> the Cody Penta match, make the change there, like change up the finish of that. If your big thing you want to do here is this big angle with Mo uh, with Kingston and like the nearly the pilmanizing of the neck of Moxley and the Young Bucks coming down and the Young Bucks refusing the two sweep. If that's your big emotional hook for this episode, then don't do that Cody Penta finish because it's the exact same thing we got here. Uh, and that is, I, is my biggest criticism I had against this show, which otherwise I thought was, was terrific. After that though, which I, the, the, the post-match, I feel means the Good Brothers should have won even more because mm -hmm. Gallows and Anderson just start beating down Omega, sorry, uh, Moxley and Kingston. Omega comes down with Callus. They pilmanize Kingston's ankle. That's got to ride him out for a while. And they're just about to do the same to, to I nearly said Ambrose then, to Moxley's <laughs> neck when the Young Bucks come down. They stop Omega from doing it. Omega's crazed. Like he's got this great unhinged champion going on right now. Dude, him coming out dancing like with Callus, and he's got the world title and he's got a suit and he's like just clicking his fingers like like he's some sort of like West Side Story bad. Yeah, yeah. It was quite, <laughs> it's so good. But the Young Bucks stop him and then as like that they all have an argument and Gallows and Anderson just put their hands up for the two sweets, but not in a friendly way, like in a you submit, boys. This is the boss. You've got to you've got to do you've got to two sweet us now. And the Bucks are like. Nah. and they walk off and Omega's just screaming at them like, too sweet me, too sweet me, which is essentially a way of saying, no, bow down to my authority. And they're like, no, we've had enough of this. So really good stuff, I thought, in the post-match. And yeah, the most split the Super Elite have been so far. Yeah, I, I loved it. Overall, like it's a, it's a W, like an overall, but like, yeah, to be hypercritical on it, man. I don't think the Good Brothers should have lost here because I totally agree with you. It it makes them feel like Gallows and Anderson in WWE, where I was like, that was not the most effective use of them. Bearing in mind, these are supposed to be, I mean, they're not now, but you know, they were the Impact Tag Team Champions. You should make them feel like a bigger deal than that. After that, we got Darby Allen and Sting having an interview with Tony Schiavone on the stage. <laughs> Guess what happened? They got interrupted twice. But not before Darby pointed out that he's only defended his TNT title three times since winning it. And first people were like, oh, that's good. Clap, clap, clap. And he was like, no, 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 that's not good enough. So starting next week, I'm going to be defending my title loads. I don't think he said weekly, but he said, I'm going to do it loads. And he's going to start off with the greatest TNT champ of all time. And my mind went to Cody. The audience's mind went to Cody because they all started chanting Cody. They were chanting Brody. Were they? They were chanting oh. Brody. Like they, I, I heard was going to say Cody. No, the Who crowd. Hurts? The crowd. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I thought we were going to say my mind went to Cody, but the crowd's mind went to Brody because I. I mean, I heard Brody chants. Oh, okay. Well, I. I, I thought Cody. I completely forgot. Uh, unfortunately, and then when he said, "Come and get it, Dark Order," I was like, mm, "Yes, it's going to be John Silver, right?" And John Silver accepted later on so that will be next week but then yeah lance archer interrupted and team taz interrupted but brian cage defied his leader to say i respect you sting you're an icon and they walked off as team taz shouted after him 
Yeah, this was a really interesting moment for Brian Cage, where yeah, he like took the mic from T, like from Taz, saying like, "I don't need you to speak for me," because you know we had that street fight. You are an icon, and I think Ricky Starks is wrong. I think you're more than just a bat and things like that. And you could like, I thought Ricky like reaction to all this and hook and, and uh, Hobbs is selling of this. I'm not sure I want to see team Taz split up because I quite like them as a, as a, a faction together, but this is a very interesting direction for, for Mr. Cage. And uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of into this too early as well. I mean, having said that, I have seen this <laughs> before. Like, you know, like when team Taz came out, I was like, are they, are they purposely trolling me now? Like the, the team Taz <laughs> came out to interrupt the sting promo. Um, but I also enjoyed Jake, uh, Jake Archer's Jake, the snakes um, promo as well. Uh, calling Darby on this little weenie. I thought it was a really funny line. And then like, they needs like, a bum. Yeah, because he's such a little weenie. And like, Sting, you know me, man. You know me. Like, I thought some of this was really great. Like, I'm, I'm so into the idea of Sting versus Archer. Like, that match on, on paper seems too so wild. But I kind of want to see it. Especially with Jake at ringside. Let's just quickly bullet point these last bits off because it was just a few quick bits and then the main event scorpio sky got a video package he's a heel he just doubled down on that ray phoenix and angelico had you know a really nice match but most of it took place in the commercial break clash of lucha libre styles phoenix won to sort of further the momentum for the death triangle young bucks match mm-hmm. i really enjoyed this but it was terrific stuff i think angelico is one of the most underrated people on their roster yeah uh, uh Miro said he's not going to accept the best friends match but then Kip said they should because he was offended they ruined the wedding uh, Miro said you can't have your wife at ringside which was a very good line uh, considering the whole Lana stuff with Rusev and they ended up still friends but there's tension brewing here Miro walks off and Kip says oh we're doing the match I, yeah, I really like the ending of this. Like, I actually kind of love, you know, last week we said, oh, why are the best friends still feuding with Miro and Sabian? I like the fact that Miro agrees with us and he's basically like, mm. no, I'm done with them. I don't care if Charles wants to be my butler for a year. I'm, I'm over this. I'm past that. Like, I've got a destiny. My destiny is to be a world champion. But Kip is so focused on this feud because they, they ruined the wedding. I think there's going to be some massive tensions between him and Miro uh, when these two do have their next match, which I'm really into because I think that we are definitely going to see Miro split away from Sabian and Ford. Yeah. yeah, sooner rather than later. And finally, before the main event, the Dark Order were all like, oh, who should face um, Darby Allen next week? And negative one step forward, of course, which was just so sweet. Uh, and they decided on John Silver. They're all wearing little like St. Patrick's Day t-shirts as well. <laughs> They're such a cute group. They're such a lovable little dorks that they are. Uh, and then it was the main event. So the the show by AEW standards, I thought was like, you know, a solid average show, which is average is not a, a critique, really. It's like bloody good. That's excellent for AEW. That main event, though, was one of the best things they've ever done. Five out of five there. Shades of that. The the car park match with uh, best friends versus Santana. The car park match. Yeah, the parking lot brawl, whatever it was. (laughs) The car park match. Car park match. (laughs) Top up the Uh, meter. (laughs) I I could never find a space round here. I've got to go four flights on this. (laughs) Four out of five, I gave it. I'm going to go disagree with you. I had a full five for this show. I loved this episode of Dynamite. As I said, like my only criticism was in that, like the repeating of spots between the Young Bucks and the um, or the, the the tag match and the singles match at the start. Everything else I loved on the show. It was a five out of five show. And the YouTube com- uh, community agrees 63%. Whoa. 
said that it was a five out of five all elite show with 24% thinking it was four out of five AEW some. And then like three out of five, two out of five, one out of five, both under 10% oh, each. There's 8% for three out of five, 1% for two out of five, and 4% for one out of five. So yeah, people loved this show. Damn, yeah, they, it's how you leave them. It's the opposite of revolution, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's quickly crack on with our pledge hammer shout-outs for all of our wonderful $25 a month or more backers before we read out all of your Omega chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Please get those in. Last call for those now. Thank you. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. The wand chooses the wizard, Carol Wands. Say it to my face, Riley Finlayson. Peter Fiber Brontas. Raul, see you later, Levia. Oh, you're going to have to do this next one because I can't say it. Vienes el décimo tercero, Jason Gretes. Well done. Jonathan, the headmaster, Hedman. Luke's favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Always shining, Garrett Albright. B A N A N A S, Hannah Bananas. Ross, Poopa Scooper Cooper. And Wrestle Talk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Thank you all so much for being Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Our review of WrestleMania 19 drops tomorrow. It is about a four-hour review in the end, all told, and it was a really fun time to record. So, yeah, really looking forward to you all hearing that tomorrow. That's where I sing, Luke. Go, <clears throat> It's birthday. But let's get with all of our Omega chats. I'll rattle through these. Wrestles. Hello, Luke. Little surprise, Thunder Rosa took the win last night. Absolutely love the match, but it needs to be in line to challenge Shida. Mr. Davis, it was me all along. Damned if I take any Omega's advice again. Watch your back. There is an insider. Now, WrestleScope claimed this on Twitter as well, but I've, I've spoken to my sources and they said that it, it wasn't. He's trying to take credit for something that was not him. That's what, that's what my investigative skills have so far pulled back. Mama, Mama Bear Matthias, congratulations to AEW. It now feels like they have three whole women on the roster. <laughs> Hashtag girl power jam. <laughs> Very good. Kamal Arif, it would have been the greatest women's match in North American history if it had involved some green slime. Also, Ollie, Mr. Davis, maybe it was Eric Rowan lookalike that attacked you. So in Wrestle Talk, it could be either Luke Pete or Laurie. Doesn't narrow it down. Brad Bell, finally, my first Omega chat to you, excellent gents. I think that AEW can use this lights out match as an opportunity to have Rosa finally be all elite and feud with Cargill, maybe. And Baker can start her journey against Sheeta. Love the work you guys do. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to do for the next time. Because I, I really feel like Cargill is the end goal here, is to get Cargill over as the champion. But I, I think there's so much momentum riding with Rose, Rosa and um, Baker now. You've really got to be doing something with them against Sheeta. Maybe have more than one women's segment a show now. I think you're going to have to. 
Come on, Davis. Dr. Ducker. I stopped watching wrestling when Brock beat Kofi. Missed the t-shirt wall, by the way. But AEW had got me back into it, and I swear every week I'm legitimately excited to watch it again. The women's division is getting traction too. Finally, absolute aces. Sam Wall. Normally in a thumbtack spot, you end up with maybe 10 to 20 tacks stuck in your back, but it had like 40. What a main event, and on a side note, if you haven't seen the post-match video on AEW posted, I highly recommend a watch. It is completely out of character. We're going to watch that right after this. Dried chicken without flavor. Imagine for the first time ever, AEW books an exploding barbed wire death match for a women's match. I honestly don't think we're ever going to get another one in AEW. An exploding well, barbed wire death match, I mean. I don't think we're getting that. Another one. women's match. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was They're it. Now. That's it. What, what more do you want? They had a main event. I think next year we'll get one. And I think a women's match would be a good idea to do it with and do it right with the explosions. Josh to Dominics. As a fan who loves hardcore violent wrestling, this match is one of my favorites I've ever watched. I know some may think I'm overreacting, but on top of the match being fantastic, it felt like I was watching a very important moment in wrestling history. Yes. Unlucky G4 MB17. What a main event. My only problem with the main event was that there was an ad break during a lights out match, but the match itself was great. Just FYI, Eddie Kingston's last line, he was quoting Tupac, not 50 Cent. I think Alex Queen on a ring attacked Dolly over the pole. It's a war yeah. of the cute. Yeah, I wasn't saying that it was a 50 cent line. I was asking whether it was because you said there was a 50 cent line in there. Um, so good to know. Good some clarification. Uh, the, I'll take it. I'll, on, on I'll quibbles, tag. On quibbles, I thought the referee shouldn't have been wearing a an AEW official referee shirt if it's unsanctioned. Mm. That was my only quibble. Yeah, I'll hot tag uh, MJF um, on the subject of MJF and Pinnacle. Joseph uh, Joseph Skeff says MJF uh, said said last but not least FTR and didn't even. MGF said last but not least to FTR and they didn't even headbutt him. This storyline makes no sense. What an amazing main event. Very, very good. Sorry, I messed it up. Uh, Kit, first ever Omega chat. That MJF promo gave me goosebumps. Thanks for the content. It really brightens my day. David Martinez says, incredible stuff by MJF. Now, if only there was some kind of elite faction that could stop the pinnacle. In a circle first, surely. Uh, Kevin says, I'm really into the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle feud, and I like how everyone has their match in the other stable that can give us exciting matchups. Hager versus Wardlow, FTR versus LAX, Sammy versus Spears, Tully versus Floyd the Bat, and of course, MJF versus Y2J. FTR versus LAX. Yes, yes, yes. Flaming Life's got a very interesting point here. Remember, guys, we all hated the names New Day, Undisputed Era, Hurt Business when they all formed. I say give Pinnacle a chance. I would say we all like the Hurt Business name because that was the best name that they could possibly come up with. Um, Micah Pellegrini says, hey, guys, in fairness, I thought Inner Circle was a stupid name as well. So I'm going to give Pinnacle a chance. MGF should beat Darby for the TNT Championship as he should not beat Kenny and hold that belt for a while. Also missed Hangman on this show. Sad face. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. MJF. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of Dynamite overall, DX Solo says, Hey, look, it's Sting being interviewed. One sec. Control C, Control V. Aha. Also, hey, this main event match is unsanctioned and AEW does not want to acknowledge it in any way. So enjoy these ad breaks during the match. All jokes aside, love this show. Uh, you all right? You okay? Say something. Hello? Oh, no, I couldn't yeah. hear you. So, so, yeah, I can hear you now. 
I'm worried for a second then. Uh, Gabriel Caruso. On a night where Pentagon and Cody tore down the house, the Good Brothers have a banger against Mox and Kingston. The Elite essentially broke up the Pinnacle's first promo. Team Taz has dissension. And Helico Phoenix put on a classic Rose and Baker steal the show. It was amazing. Also, Phoenix and Angelico was insane. I would love to see a match between Angelico and Zack Sabre Jr. in the near future. Jam that jam, boys. Ollie Davis from the top rope. Our real bits W says show was S word, excluding that five star main event. Penta gets rolled up. Mox wins with a roll up. Penta could have looked strong by just winning the effing match. It felt like Wednesday night raw. Maybe I just hate roll up finishes too much. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I also did not like those finishes, but watch raw. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is yeah. nothing like that show. I would say that is slight hyperbole there to say that the show overall was like S word because of two finishes. Like it's, yeah. Feeling Treepy says, when they showed that Darby and Sting were going to have an interview segment, I said to myself, if they're interrupted, I'm going to be so angry. And then it happened and I liked the segment, but really they do need to stop having the same thing every week. Oh yeah. Sorry, long-term storytelling. Do I need to say more? Already preparing to have my heart broken and being emotionally torn apart by the eventual match between Kenny and the Young Bucks and the pinnacle. It was the it was there right in front of us all this effing time. Geniuses. Matthew Robinson, wow, the heart and emotion on the Mox Eddie match was amazing. They really did so well. Um, I did not even think about the lack of explosions at Revolution. That's an interesting point. Uh, Leon Quashi, overlooked best moment of the show was Kenny's West Side Story strut out of their heel tunnel. <laughs> he is a man of low moral fiber. Someone pointed out that it syncs beautifully with Io Shirai's entrance music. And someone has done it. And it really does look like he's walking out, just clicking along to... Uh, Brandon Mainfee, first time Omega Chasser, been watching since it was just Mr. Davis. Eddie Kingston's promos give me chills, and I believe anything he says. Really love the really the love show. Uh, it keeps me entertained while I'm at work. Watching from El Paso, Texas. Take care, stay safe. Thank you very much. Nimby Dagda says the reason the Red Velvet confrontation matters is because Red Velvet is currently the number. Is she really? Red Velvet is ranked How? number one currently. It's, it's no way. Surely not. Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> she, she legit Serena ranked Deeb. number one. How many matches they she been to, winning on Dark? They need to rejig the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Prisus M. Uh, did you guys notice Don trying to give the Young Bucks a no thigh slaps t-shirt? It really popped me. Yes. Yeah, they've been sending that online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Magnus says, I love Cody. He's been one of my favorites since his days in WWE, but these kind of results annoy me. He gains nothing here. Penta would have gained a lot from it. I think these kind of results turn the crowd against him when we get full crowds again. Honestly, to back up what Magnus said, we saw that at, Re at Revolution when he did the whole like fighting baby face coming from the back. The crowd booed him because they didn't want to see him win that ladder match. Also, like, Cody does lose a lot. Uh, I just don't know why he didn't lose here. Like, he loses at times where I'm like, oh, you probably should have won that, mate. Uh, Sari says, can't wait for Derby versus John Silver. Expecting some Brody Lee tributes in it. Also, Angelico and Phoenix match was so good. They gave Phoenix time to show the other side of his skill set, not only mm. being just the high flyer. Excellent points. Uh, John McNeil, MJF is the character Miz fans want the Miz to have. MJF needs to have a championship by the next All-In. That's an excellent point. 
our hot tag in. Gamma, what do you guys think of seeing Nick Aldis do a mini run in AEW? I personally think he could have the trilogy with Cody and it could be a winner on pay-per-view if it's done right and has proper build. Maybe, you know, they had the all-in match, but I think that time's passed. I think if he comes in, he should do something different. Stephen Guzman. Also, I think you would love this idea. You'd be in the elite skit. The Dark Order is upset. Someone is always eating their food. Turns out it's Tetsuya Naito. He keeps laying down on their couch, refusing to leave. Eventually, one day, Five is sad. Naito offers him some chips. (laughs) Is that how you bring in Naito? (laughs) Jake Weeks. AEW are now taking so many shots against WWE, it is becoming childish. WWE have said like three things compared to AEW's 10 shots. Seems like a small company mentality. Keep up the good work. Can't wait for the fast lane stream. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the Monday, I, maybe it's just Monday Night Wars. I'm just so used to companies taking shots against each other and like TNA and WWE. I'm just kind of used to it now. Like companies take shots at each other. <clears throat> I think they're bigger than that now. They don't have to do it. Abortion reborn. My mind hears, let's go Shida, and my mouth goes, Cena sucks. Pavlov's chance. Uh, Nico Lenoxus Villigas. Fantasy booking of minds. What if Mox and Eddie beat the Good Brothers for the TNA Impact tag titles, and week after week, they keep beating the Good Brothers, Kenny breaks, and the only way to beat them is to blow them up. Paige challenges Kenny to free him. I, I don't think that works for me no and also like there's a problem that good brothers aren't the impact tag team champions anymore fin juice are boo trick with the forbidden door between aew impact and new japan open what is your dream main event for a super show put on by the three companies akada omega five 100 that's exactly the match i want to see uh or a bushi but i i would want akada actually uh dried chicken without flavor hangman adam page has finally given private party that 12 american dollars on being the elite hangman adam page redemption story not confirmed that started long ago seth morgan in your opinion guys who do you think should be the one to take the belt off omega my suggestions would be hangman archer or moxley it's hangman for me but in a long long time like a year and a half away Oh yeah, Hangman for me as well, but we need a long run here with uh, with uh, the wrestling god. Natess, one year ago today for the debut of Brody Lee the Exalted. Oh, what a man. huge impact he had. Dark Order went from spooky perverts to lovable dorks. Man, still missing. Yeah, that's, oh, man, that's incredible. One year ago, bloody hell. Sarah Sullivan, my roommates are interested in exploring more about wrestling since they enjoyed AEW so much last night. Is there any other promotion worth showing them? All girls. I tried watching Raw, but it's a little childish for a 22-year-old. Hashtag Hangman is so hot right now. Well, there's Pro Wrestling Eve in the UK, and of course there's loads of Joshi promotions in New Japan, which... Alex Queen of the Rings podcast is very good to give you an introduction for. But That's cool. what I would... Church of Joshi, that is what I was going to recommend. It. Is Yes, yeah, so if you look up Church of Joshi, uh, Kayla's Twitch channel um, uh, is basically the place to find it. But if you find Alex and, and Kayla on Twitter, you'll be able to find it. Like They basically just get together and watch a lot of Joshi wrestling together, so that'd be a really good place to start. But if you're just watching some good wrestling, probably watch NXT uh, alongside AEW. That'll, that'll give you what you need. 
Yes, NXT was women's divisions. Very good. Dartrain24, can you fellas think of a time where you did something in real life that reminded you of wrestling? It was raining today and I put my hood on when I got inside. I flipped it off, then on again and off. And it reminded me of AJ Styles because I'm a nerd. Jam that jam. I do that every time I wear my hood. Yes, I do it as well. Anytime I'm wearing a hood up, I always go like a little look up and then I'll flick up. When I, old, old whenever, someone sa- whenever someone says finally, I go, finally. Uh, Red B-I-T-W-15 Not going to let you losers pretend like Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae didn't happen in North America I guess that was a good match I think this one was better Uh, Chris Verano Great Dynamite with the best TV main event in ages Great to see Walter on American soil because he came back on NXT last night Started a feud with Champa and also sad to see Finn Balor get pinned on St. Patrick's Day well, WWE can't beat people in their hometowns right now, so they're going to do it on their national holidays. Hot tag, uh, hot tag over flaming. You guys should really rate WWE, NXT, and AEW on the same scale, regardless of how poorly you, regardless of how poorly you would rate WWE, NXT. It's just a stupid thought. Also, the person who holds the Jam That Championship belt should be the one to host the live reviews. Just an idea. Um, on the rating scale, it. it Honestly, I tried that. It it doesn't work. It's just an abysmal thing for WWE. Uh, On the... Yeah, that's a good idea for the championship, but I feel like the champion shouldn't have to host stuff. They're they're there as the special draw, you know? Indeed. Caleb Maldonado. Hello, Mr. Davis. Glad to see everything is well and proving Megan can't take you out that easily. Hope is all well in the Luke household as well. It is. I just got a dining table. Mr. Business 722. Here's a get well to Mr. Davis and his slight wrist pain from that massive explosion. Uh, Will Landrum. I'm going to find out who attacked Mr. Davis. Oh, you're going to look into the mirror, Mr. Wrestletalk. Don't try and tell us that you were on live camera at the time. That's obviously a trick. At least you're safe from Penta. Get well soon, Mr. Davis. I'm telling you, Will, it wasn't me, but I will find out who did it. Uh, Jericho X Titan. The AEW Dynamite was awesome. However, that WrestleTalk storyline at the end of Fastlane Predictions was not and lame. That said, it was clearly Andy. Andrew, the last airbender.com. Storyline. Yeah, I don't know what he's saying. I'm talking about there either. Uh, Andrew, the last airbender. Phew. That Mr. Davis isn't dead. The world would have lost its cutest YouTuber ever. Can I get a birthday shout out for my friend Juliana? She's not a wrestling fan, but she likes WrestleTalk and tries to watch it with me. I think that's pretty neat. Oh, that's lovely. Happy birthday, Juliana. Happy birthday, Juliana. I like the idea of Andrew holding up like Marge Simpson holding up that potato. I just think they're neat. Uh, Flaming. Ollie Chopper blew you up during uh, lockdown. He said he was the one. He during a lockdown, and he is the one who shows up rather fast. If it's not convenient, that's a bit convenient, if you ask me. As they say, the criminal will always return to the scene of the crime. Luke, you really need to check out that turncoat first. He's on the list. Uh, Dad trained that Louis loves more turns than Big Show. Mr. Davis should have given him a you're fired from the Ollie Thursday. He didn't get a chance to say you're fired. He literally just told us one day, I'm not in it anymore. Black Wings donated. Sadly, I lost my father to cancer two weeks ago. However, I want to thank you all. Your AEW reviews board game club have managed to make me smile at a very difficult time. Be absolutely excellent to each other. Jam bad jam. Let's get a let's get a, a chant going for Black Winged in the chat. Please jam do. bad jam, Black Winged. 
Uh, Nico Lexinus Vingales said, Is Oli uh, the Raw in Quizzlemania? Sean clearly is AEW. Luke is SmackDown. Denise Salcedo is NXT. Meanwhile, Blampiate is the YouTube channel making money out of their content. Love you guys. Out F everyone. FTF. Can't believe that got over. Sean sent me an email I woke up to this morning that just said, My new gimmick got over. Sorry. I love it. I laughed so hard when he revealed it. It was it was great. Uh, Michael Pellegrini, it's wild to think it's been one year since AEW's first no-fan show. I think there's one silver lining in this pandemic era of wrestling. It shows that a community like this can carry on. Thank you, Luke and Ollie, and the WrestleTalk team for everything. Tomorrow, in fact, the 19th, is the last time that Ollie and I were in studio together to record a podcast. It was for that AEW show. Uh, Seth Morgan hey Mr Davis I hope you're well I was very worried about you after the sabotage in the predictions yesterday you are personally my favourite rest talk personality Luke you are great too buddy but Mr Davis is the king um, dried chicken without flavour Luke don't sneeze or leg slap in front of Mr Davis right now and lastly Myron Speed one of the things I love about AEW is looking down the road and seeing where they could go wouldn't be surprised if in 12 months time the pinnacle holds all the gold and MGF takes the world title off of Hangman also Brit's bloody face will give me nightmares not so much as the idea of that bag of thumbtacks being teeth that's what I can't stop thinking about and lastly, Dried Chicken Without Flavor has said that Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and Impact Wrestling tried to blow up Mr. Davis, and producer Rich can confirm Red Delvis is indeed ranked number one in the AEW uh, women's division, which is bonkers. Well, thank you, everybody, ever so much for joining us here for this AEW chat and all of your very generous Omega chats. I, I, we're blown away by how much you guys uh, give to us on these streams. Luke, what have we got coming up? Denise Salcedo going through the biggest news in the world of wrestling and answering your Patreon mailbag questions. It's the most consistently watched show on the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. Everybody loves it. And uh, on Saturday, Andy Datsun returns to the SmackDown review. So expect some puns. Everyone's very excited about it. Him and uh, Pete Quinnell will be reviewing SmackDown on Saturday. And then on Sunday, unfortunately... Mr. Davis is not medically cleared to compete for the Jam That Championship, so Chopper Pequenel of the Old Authority will be filling in for him. But I can confirm the lineup will be Pete versus uh, El Fagador Laurie Blake for the championship, but they will be joined by myself and Tempest the Wrestler on the reaction stream, which we're very excited for, because apparently Braun versus Shane isn't happening now. So that's everything that's happening on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. Then myself and Mr. Davis will be back on Monday to review Fastlane. Well, that was a fun show. Uh, I very much enjoyed recording that episode. Um, we haven't done it yet, Luke. Don't confuse how, me. How's your weekend plans? Um. Well, what have I got? I, don't, I haven't got anything on. <laughs> I don't think I have. We ordered some bread. That's the excitement of my life oh, right hold, now. And there's a local a bakery. Mm -hmm. You're making bread. So why are you ordering it? I'm on a bit of a bread hiatus. I did a bread making workshop and I was like, I need to up my starter game. So I sort of, I, I, I want to make my own starter because I ordered the last one. So I'm like, I don't want to do anything until I've done my own starter. So we're ordering bread uh, because this th there's, a, there's a hot new bakery in town and it's so oversubscribed. You've got to get your order in on Monday morning to pick up your loaf at Saturday midday. 
Wow. Holy yeah. heck. And it, it's incredible. And that they were so good. I've tried to try a different loaf each time. And this week, I don't know how it's going to go. Potato starch sourdough. What? I'm in for it, though. Sounds great. Double carbs. What about you? <clears throat> uh, well, so we've got a dining table now. Um, mm. This is big news Board for games. us because, well, there's that, obviously. Like, that's the, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind. But perhaps more exciting for us because, you know, we lived in a two-bed masonette that had a very small living room and no dining room um, back when we were living in London, which means that for the last five, six years, we have been just eating our dinner off our laps in front of the TV. We've got like little dinner tray things uh, with Pac-Man on them. And that's been like our dinner. Like we go, we take our dinner out from the kitchen and we sit down in front of the TV on that. Teas on knees, uh, as my mum would call it. And... We, you know, that's fine for it's fine for a little while, but it has been six years, so we're now really excited to have dinner around a dinner table. So when I go, to, when I do my weekly shop on Saturday, I'm going to buy some mats. I'm going to have some mats down so that we can actually have dinner at the dinner table. We're going to do a big meal on Saturday to celebrate the fact that we've now got a dining table. It's the little joys in life when you're 35 years old that it's just eating around a dinner table. That's the thing I'm most excited for this weekend. What meal are you going to go for? Because surely some meals are more suited to the table format. Well, that's it, isn't it? What you want to do is you want to have a meal that is like, um, like it's like a big sharing thing. So there's lots yeah, of something in around. the middle. Bread sauce, exactly. Bread yeah. sauce and work backwards. So look, I don't know if you can see it, but that's our table. Oh, there you are. That that looks like a sort of boardroom table. Nice cool, length, right? though. Great yeah, length right. on your old your old Jing Jang there. Solid as well. Rock solid. Yeah. Made of wood. And you see, and you Long, see solid wood. There's a bench on one side. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't hate your guts, I'd be looking forward to coming around <laughs> and playing Godzilla on it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hate yours as well. Also, I didn't blow you up. Uh, I hope you're feeling better, by the way. Uh, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> we've got time for on this edition of the podcast i'll be back tomorrow with denise salcedo doing the magazine show as usual answering your patreon mailbag questions and everyone's super excited about it andy datson returns to the smackdown podcast this saturday to review smackdown okay so ollie davis has actually left this room already because we have a race to get to the other room to record he's cheated very oh actually i'm a bit annoyed about this right anyway, thank you so much for listening uh take care everyone i love you goodbye Ollie Davis smells is no longer in the Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.